This is the Mandalorian's Explosion Network's after show, breaking down and reviewing each episode of Disney Plus Star Wars original series, The Mandalorian. My name is Don Blight, and joining me, Ashley Hobley. Hey, Dylan, excited to be here on a week exclusively for The Mandalorian. That's right. Nothing else Star Wars to talk about at all. No, that's a, actually a bad plug. I mean, if you're listening to this, and for some reason you don't know, we have uh, another podcast called All Around Explosion. The final episode just posted. It's three and a half hours long. It's the longest thing we've ever recorded at the Explosion Network, and um, it's all of our The Rise of Skywalker thoughts. So if you want those, go listen to that. We're going to stay out of it. We're not yeah. going to let it affect- if, I mean, if it's three and a half hours long, you know we had a lot to a say. Time. That's that's one way to put. It. I mean, couldn't yeah. stop talking about it. <laughs> Literally. Uh, so this week's episode of The Mandalorian though is called The Reckoning, Chapter Seven, the penultimate of the season. Director was Deborah Chow, once again returning from Episode Three, uh, and it was written by John Favreau. Uh, I want to shout out as well. The two of them were on the red carpet to The Rise of Skywalker, and I enjoying I enjoyed the fact that they were just like chit chatting amongst one another, being like best buddies. Uh, having a great old time. Oh, sorry, not John Favreau, uh, Dave Filoni, sorry. Dave Filoni and John, uh, Deborah Chow were like on the red carpet talking and the interviewer kept being like trying to ask questions and they, they just kept like muttering amongst themselves in between moments. I'm like, this is funny. I'm enjoying their obviously happy little family they had. And because they, they uh, uh, quick uh, Easter egg back to last week's episode, that whole uh, director's X-Wing thing that happened at the end. Apparently that yeah. was... Uh, I think they said that Dave like threw the idea out just as like a random like funny ha ha joke, and then Favreau was like, "No, that's actually a great idea. You should totally do it." And then the rest of them were all like, "No, we can't do that. That's silly. Like we can't act and all you know, like all this sort of stuff." And then Dave was like, "No, come on, we'll do it." And then they had like some sort of pact where they were like, "If any one of the three directors dropped out, they weren't going to film it." And then it got to the day of filming it, and then they were like, "Not sure if it was going to work out well." And then they they filmed it anyway, and had, they felt silly doing it, or whatever. And then the interview a person was like no it's really great and then they're like yeah well. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of like, cgi yeah. there's a lot of ed- in the yeah. editing room <laughs> yeah so uh anyway this week's episode yeah of course uh the reckoning synopsis right down the mando uh no i wrote, uh, did a horrible fucking synopsis here. the mando is gets a message from grief he then goes gets all his allies back and then heads back to uh i forgot the planet but i'll remember it in a moment, uh, heads back to the home planet from the first couple episodes, of course, to meet up with Grief, and they try and do some sort of Navarro. deal to use the- Navarro, that's it, uh, to use Yeetal as a bait to defeat the client, which still doesn't have a name. And I mean, he dies this episode, still doesn't have a name, so <laughs> it's like, he'll just forever be known <laughs> as the client. Yeah. Uh, so what was your overall thoughts on this week's episode? Did anything stand out, and what would your favourite moment be? Yeah, it was really good. Obviously, it's, a, it's the first part of a two-parter. Mm-hmm. Um, it ends on a cliff. Very obviously, yeah. <laughs> Very obvious. I don't. Yeah, I don't know if people would have picked that up, but um, no. yeah. I mean, it it was cool seeing all those char- characters come back. You got Jenna Carino, Carano, and mm-hmm. Nick Nolte back in the mm-hmm. folds, interacting with each other. They don't, and they don't get along. It's good. Um, and uh, we get more sh- stormtroopers and fighting, but then it ends on a bad note. Yeah, obviously. Cool dad. But then so. we got a cool moment where in the first time of history on Star Wars uh, live action, someone got healed by the force. Crazy yeah. power. <laughs> probably not going to have it happen ever again in the history of Star Wars. Yeah. Lucky uh, I watched this three hours before I saw the movie, so that worked out well. Uh, <laughs> I thought the episode was 
good, but like it's hard to judge the full thing because it very obviously feels like part one of a two-part thing, like very heavily. It's like, this is all set up and then next week's all going to be action, I guess, you know, like shit's, shit's going to go down, obviously. Also, I still can't believe that they felt like this whole season, argue about it being samurais or fucking westerns. I don't care. Either way, I'm going to call it a western. The samurai tropes really did come full circle when the plot then becomes like the western hero then travels back to towns he's been through to gather allies to defeat the, you know, like th- that is a trope, yeah. a trope. That is a story that has been done and lots of times and that is what ends up happening and I'm perfectly fine with it, but I still was like, okay, we're doing that because I remember like even after the first episode, people like straight away were, or after the second episode, probably people were straight away like, I bet you this happens and I was like, nah, but here we are. (laughs) Like I I didn't pick it, but it's what ended up happening. Yep. Um, So let's dive into it. Get to Moff Gideon when we get to him, obviously. So... Starts aboard the Razorcrest and Mando uh, has just being asked by... Well, straight away, they get into it. Like, grief props up, message, hey, if you're hearing this, I, you're still alive. I assume this is the same message that was, start, like, sort of playing last week. Sort of playing, like, cut out in the... Uh, when... I can't remember the robot's name now. Either way, uh, Iodi's yeah, character. Yeah. <laughs> the robot... Zero. Droid. No. That's zero, that's it. Zero, yeah. It was? The zero keeps interrupting. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. That was it. It was zero. 100% was zero. Now you've said it. Uh, so he, Mando finally hears the full message. I mean, we could say this takes place literally right after the last episode, really, if you want to yeah. kind of put it together, I guess. But um, So he, he full, here's the full message from Grief. He says, bring back Yeetal. Uh, use him as bait. We'll go to the client. You kill him. I uh, want you to kill him basically because he's bringing a bunch more ex-imperials to the uh, Navarro and he's taking away like work and disrupting everything. It, 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 basically, grief sounds like he's saying he's he's disrupting me as the boss of this planet and uh, I don't like the way it's going. Is how he kind of pitches it, I guess. So he's like, you know, the... the what's the saying? The enemy of my friend is my enemy the friend you know, of whatever my f- friend no the friend of my enemy is my friend yeah no the enemy of my enemy is my friend the enemy That's of the enemy one. is my friend yeah it swings around something like that i guess as uh, along those lines <laughs> got him uh so mando then heads back to past planets in the first like 10 minutes of it i guess and the first one we stop at is uh i couldn't be bothered going back to find a planet's name or doesn't really matter but she go- it goes back to carajin's planet and we see that she's engaged in this cage fight where she's tethered to the other person she's fighting around the waist by this like vibro rope thing i guess and like they're having this fight and it's, it's cool to watch because obviously like you know putting her mma skills to or ufc skills Produce, whatever yeah. they call them, i don't know um, it is both are accurate <laughs> thank you thank, thank you very much my um my knowledge is infinite in that in that st- structure uh they're having this <laughs> fight and then i thought i thought it was cool like how at the end he has to to tap out he basically has to like press the button on the belt to unstring himself himself. and that's how you defeat yeah i thought that was like a cool star wars twist on cage fights i guess yeah yeah so i I enjoyed that um mando comes down yeetle's just walking around again by the way yeah like i get trodden on with all these people just having fights around here that's perfectly fine i'll do what i need to do uh so mando straight away gets to it he's like hey Got a job. I'll pay you. Uh, want you to help protect Yeetle, come do all these sorts of things. She's not really down for it at first because she's like, well, you know, I'm good here. 
and that sounds horrible. Why would I go there? You know, she's like, no offense, but nah. And then she, she changes her mind within a hot second as soon as he says that the client is a empire. And she's like, all right, when are we leaving? <laughs> <laughs> so I think that says a lot about her hatred towards the empire, obviously. Yeah. It's just, if that's well, how quick she'll switch. That or like her devotion to ridding the empire completely. I mean, she was so devoted to mm. getting rid so of the So devoted, empire, she but- got the tattoo on her. Under her yeah, and eye. she must have something on her arm because they constantly yeah. mentioned her arm. But yeah, I mean, the yeah. only reason she left the rebels is because they were not fighting the empire anymore. No, yeah, the I mean, they cover that in like the books and stuff. Uh, what happens? What um, Mon Mothma ends up doing, like once the new republic starts forming, and where a lot of people are, they cover this all in the aftermath trilogy, basically, where it's like a lot of people are saying stuff like. There's still remnants of them. We should go out and like be ridding them. You know, like we should be pushing forward still kind of after the Battle of Jakku. Yeah, they should have scenario. made sure every single Empire yeah. person was definitely dead. <laughs> yeah. But um, Moth- uh, Mon Mothma is like, no, we need to like start disarming the our army and like settling things down straight yeah. away and all this sort of stuff. So, but Let everyone was like- into the unknown areas of space. No. There's nothing out there. It's fine. <laughs> Literally everyone else is like, it's been like a week, lady. We should probably still keep the army together. <laughs> like maybe wait a year <laughs> even before we start doing this. Yeah. So, um, but sh- she agrees, of course. Then they head over to uh, the, the planet from the first two, the non-Tatooine planet. Hmm. And do we ever find out a name for that? Or am I just forgetting? I don't think we did. I don't think so. I don't think I remember. I don't recall mentioning it anyway. Um, so they... Uh, they they go there though because when they're on the ship with Kara, um, Yetel Mando heads into the back to talk with her and discuss like plan and stuff. And then all of a sudden the ship starts going haywire, crazy, and they run back into the cockpit to find that Yetel's like, I can fly this fucking thing, <laughs> 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 just swinging buttons up there, which I thought was silly because I'm like, if I was the Mandalorian, right? I've seen this this baby, this child thing, like grabbing stuff and whatever else, I wouldn't trust it not to just start pressing buttons in the cockpit of the room, you know? So I was like, yeah. dear God, come on. Don't trust you to all that sort of stuff. Uh, so then she- he doesn't know any better. Like, no, he doesn't. He's only 50 years old. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> only 50. Uh, so she's like, you know, we should probably get someone to watch him. And he's like, that's a good idea. I know someone probably. So then they ha- they head down and they go made up with Quill. Is it Quill? It's Kill, is it? Kill or Quill? Kill. Kill? Yeah. I'm it's sorry. Kill. I've spoken. Kill. I've <laughs> yeah, good job. Uh, so they head down there and upon arrival, Kill Disappointed in this episode. Doesn't say it once. What? He does. Does he? Yeah, he says it once. Clearly not I, memorable enough. I think I've got it in the notes here, in fact, when we get to All it. Right. But if not, I think I remember. Um, so he arrives, he, he sits them there and they have a start of getting into a bit of a chat and they have drinks and all this sort of thing. Um, he discusses how he used to be on the Empire's side of the war because Kara asked if he was ever involved, uh, but he says it wasn't by choice. Military. And then later we real- we get it revealed that it was because he was sold as a slave, basically, into some sort of mm. part of the war. What he was doing, who knows? I mean... He says it's his hand, so it was probably like making yeah, weapons. Engineer weapons yeah, engineer weapons Yeah, engineer, based on the other things he says. Yeah, yeah so I guess that's what he was doing. Which makes sense because a lot of the times we've seen in like Rebels, Star Wars Rebels, we see his species, Ugnots, doing a lot of that sort of stuff under the Empire side. Yeah. 
So mm. that that fits the narrative for that species. Kind of like how the Empire was like kidnapping all the Wookiees, you know, for like slave labor. Yeah. Kind of thing. Racial discrimination in the Star Wars universe under the Empire's control was very yep. real. Very yeah, real. Anything thing. not human. Yeah, apart from Thrawn. He was okay, apparently. <laughs> the Empire gave him a gave him he, he was just like, had, okay. uh, blue skin condition. Yeah, one one blue. No, it's like that, being an albino. Well, no. I Side note for the whole Thrawn thing. That's one thing I appreciate in the books and stuff. They do cover, like the new ones, not the old ones. I've read the old ones. So the the new ones, they always cover how, even though the Emperor the emperor is like, cool, I'm down with Thrawn. He's like going to climb the ranks here. Whenever he's still walking around, they make sure to, to note the fact that lots of people are still just like, fucking blue alien. You know, like they play into that whole like yeah. racial side of the Empire. Xenophobic. Sort of thing. Yeah, very xenophobic part of it. Human so supremacists. Always, yeah, very. I always enjoyed that. Uh, well, I mean, I don't enjoy it, but I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> enjoy the story element. Yeah, I enjoyed the story element. Um, so then he, I thought an interesting part here when they're talking about Yeetle and how they're, of course, asking uh, Kiel to come back and protect him and be part of this mission that they're doing, that he says that he doesn't think that the child uh, Yeetle was created. And I thought it was interesting how they even bring that up within the show because, you know, like how even I was saying in that second episode, I'm like, everyone on Reddit's like zoomed in on the, the doctor's symbol and it looks like a Camino cloning symbol and all this sort of stuff. And it, I, I found it interesting how they've brought that up straight away. And it could be a red herring, like a misdirect sort of thing, obviously. But um, then it's funny how he says, but her, she looks like she was born like out of a cloning chamber or something, you know, like about Kara straight away, which I think, yeah. I don't know, at the moment, I'm treating this all as misdirect. Because I'm still like, hmm. What, because she looks great or because she's... Like, I don't know what his reasoning was. Or because she actually is a clone. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. Uh, so then IG-11 enters the room. And I guess around the country, people, or around the world, people cheered because everyone wanted him back, I guess. Everyone's like pseudo taking IG-11 as their IG-88 fitting, sitting, I guess, for stuff. Mm. So he enters the room and Mando and Kara freak out for a moment, pointing their blasters at him before Kuehl explains that he found... We get this whole flashback sequence, I guess. It goes for like too long, I would say, actually. Yeah, in my opinion. probably. It was a bit too long. But I guess the length of it is uh, going to pay off like next week. smacking a point in. Yeah. I think it's, it's really trying to... okay. Yeah, I think it's really trying to explain it. And I guess, obviously, IGL... I think IGL... Or it's like overdoing it, so it's definitely not okay. No, yeah. Um, he explains how he reprogrammed him though. He basically found him and now he learned how to make drinks and Is that how and... droids work in this universe? Um, I mean, I don't know. Like it's, it's, inter it's interesting because the way he's like, the way Kuehl explains it is he basically set him to zero to a point where he kind of developed his own likes and dislikes, I guess. And like taught himself stuff. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't programmed to suddenly start making tea or whatever was he no so what i'm guessing is he didn't like reboot him he just completely like no he Wiped did him. no he did reboot he like did a factory wipe and yeah started from zero yeah but he, so, yeah, he didn't yeah. like put, he didn't put in programming of a like he didn't put in chef, any program yeah exactly so th now they're saying yeah. that droids in star wars i guess if they're reset to i mean zero, you can have programming so I'm assuming other droids have programming. They don't have to teach every single droid how to walk or yeah. do it's a bucket or whatever, but the way he did it. Yeah, because I, I could compare it to another thing that happens in The Rise of Skywalker, but that's spoilers and I don't want to talk about it here, but I just thought it was like an interesting parallel, parallel to what's happening here, yeah. 
Anyway, for another time, possibly. Um, so outside, the Mando talks to Kuehl, and he says he won't agree to do the job. Well, he's, he's at first like, no, 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 and then he says he'll do it for the child, but he'll only agree to do the job if IG-11 comes along. And he, the Mando, of course, freaks out, and he says that, no, no droids, blah, 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 blah. And Kuehl starts explaining that droids, as much as the Mando thinks they're all terrible, and Mando has a big distrust for IG-11 because he's, like he was programmed to do that. That's what he's always going to do. That's why he doesn't trust it. And presumably his big just trust for droids always in my mind is coming down to what we kind of know from the flashbacks, which is that he was in, his parents were killed in the Clone Wars and by droids mm-hmm. and all this sort of stuff. Um, then Kuehl explains that droids will only do what they're kind of pro- programmed to and they aren't good or bad. They're simply what they are. They're droids, you know? So then Mando agrees and Kuehl then says that the Blurgs are coming as well. And as he walks away, he says, I have spoken. And that's where you get the line. Yeah. You missed it. Come on. Go I missed back. it. I have to go back and watch the episode again. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm going to, I think I'm just going to binge the whole season once it's all done because it's not very long and I can watch it as one big fucking movie. Um, so I have one good Star Wars movie this year. True. Spoilers for our discussion. <laughs> uh, so, aboard the Razorcrest now, Mando and Kara arm wrestle, which uh, very much looked like Kara was going to win, in my opinion, IMO. Uh, and this causes Jeetle to force choke Kara, seemingly trying to protect the Mando, obviously, because Mando has to run over very and be cute, like, no, she's a friend. Blah, blah. Very scary. <laughs> it's very scary, yeah. I think this is more than just like playing into the fact that. He's protective of Mando. I think it's going to become really important for the the final episode. I think, like what Yeetle will do. I think this, yeah, like, because no, no, like what into the dark side. Have you seen anybody not on the yeah. dark side choke somebody? No. no, 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 no. But it's like, yeah, he's a child. He doesn't know the difference between good or bad. Like he's, they're very much like being like it's a baby, right? And it's seen it's pseudo Have you dad. Seen all those movies with scared evil kids. Some people are just born evil. I mean, that would be an interesting twist for a <laughs> Star Wars family oriented <laughs> um, franchise show. So, yeah, that'd be yep. interesting. But Baby Yoda, actually evil. Actually, the omen. <laughs> His real name is Damien. Imagine. <laughs> that would be so cool. No, it wouldn't. That'd be horrible. This <laughs> adorable face comes down, murders everybody. There's only so much bad Star Wars I can take him on you. So, <laughs> stop. <laughs> No, no, okay, okay. Good. Clone Don't. versions of Baby Yoda. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, as long as the good Baby Yoda kills them all. Yeah. Um, so, Kara then gets angry and accuses... Uh, um, spits it with Kuehl, spits it with everyone, really, and all this sort of stuff. And that's where he explains about being sold off and all these sorts of things. And then they all calm down and uh, Mando asks Kuehl to build Yutel's egg more protection, I guess, or something. It was like a... Yeah. Just... Get the work. Do no, something. No, he just want he. No, it was more so. It was more comfortable for him. Oh, he spe- was it? yeah. He specifically said to make it more comfortable for him. Hmm. I need to go read it back. <laughs> um, Kara and Mando then discuss the pro- uh, the job as they approach Navarro, and they come in and land, and we see grief waiting for them. Uh, Mando's crew pile out on top of the Blurgs. With grief, grief saying it appears introductions are in order. And then they, uh, he then asked to see Yeetle. So Mando sends the egg over towards him. Grief then puts his hands over Yeetle, picks him up out of the egg and holds him for a couple seconds and is doing a bit of, oh, you know, like if this is all the all this trouble over this little child or whatever. And 
it's they keep showing that Mando, of course, while all this is happening, has his hand very close to his blaster in case Grief did anything bad at all. Uh, still trying to be very protective of Yeetal, obviously. So then they, um, the crew, the two crews of Mando's and Grief's crew, three each. Well, Grief has two people or three people. I can't remember. Two or three people with him and Mando has two people. Uh, IG-11 stays back in the ship, which I think is going to be important for going into next week's episode, presumably. Uh, so he's there protecting it. They stop at nighttime on their way back to the city because I guess they parked really far out. So the Empire didn't see them coming in at this stage. Ex-Empire, whatever they are. I don't really know. Uh, so they stop and they make camp. They're eating some food, some local wildlife. I thought it was funny how Grief like looks at the child and is like, oh, he's a carnivore because he's <laughs> eating meat. I'm like, I mean, I mean, at least he's eating like cooked meat this time, not just a lizard straight <laughs> straight hole down the gob. You know, it's a little, a little bit more civilized version of the child eating in this episode. Not, a, not, as, yeah. not as barbaric, you know? So that's good to see. Uh, some creatures fly over from above and attack the camp. They take away a Blurg, so they're quite strong. They kill another one, I think. So I think only one's left alive at this end of this whole thing. Yep. Uh, everyone's like firing off into distance and stuff. Uh, I, I enjoyed this action scene because I just thought it looked really like visually cool to have a nighttime scene like this with creatures flying in from the dark and just all the red blaster shots like ringing off. Plus like the variation of different sound effects between the guns. Like Kara's got this like automatic thing that sounds like quite different to your everyone else's blasters and stuff. Like it seemed like a cool, you know, it, it's like, once again, like kind of westerny trope of, oh, our heroes are attacked by bandits or creatures or wolves in the middle of the night, and you know they've got to fight them off around the campfire and this sort of thing. So, um, I enjoyed it though. So they managed to shoot shoot down the creatures and scare the rest of them off. It turns out that grief was got 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 good in the arm by one of the creatures, giant freaking scrape up the side of his arm and poison is starting to spread through his arm at this stage and everyone's trying to figure out what to do about it yetal approaches uh him and straight away i knew where this is going because obviously when we talked about the first no the second episode i was like that's going to come back because that was very obviously like teasing what his powers are going to be um he comes over and he puts his arm on grief who funnily enough says he's trying to eat me <laughs> i was like God, look at the size of this thing and i gonna eat you <laughs> Come down in your moment of terror. I mean, uh, how do you come to that conclusion when all he's seeing is him eat little bits? Yeah, he's like, it's a carnivore. I don't understand if he like, saw him eat the frog. He's like, <laughs> yeah. fuck, that thing's got to eat me. <laughs> Just like force hovers the entire pot roast off the fire and like takes it in hold. And yeah, sure. But at this stage where he's like, he's trying to eat me. He's like, calm down. Look at the size of this thing. It's like a centimeter high. Um, Yeetal then, of course, puts his hand on grief and manages to uh, use the force to heal his wounds over. And then he exhausted kind of falls back a little bit. So Mando should have just let him help him out in the second episode because it would have helped him then. Also, of course, like I, I'm, I'm not getting into Rise of Skywalker stuff that we're hinting at and what uh, whatever else and potential other Star Wars things, but I have loved Although, the discourse. Although if you're smart, you can put the clues together. Yeah, you can put it all together, but I just don't want to spend ages on it. But I just want to say that I, it's definitely important to note that this happens. No one gives two shits. Like this random baby suddenly knows how to not only levitate giant objects in the air, but use the force to heal people. And uh, it's a baby. And everyone's like, that's fine. Ray can 
use the well, force they all at all. Say <laughs> they all kind of almost say it's a Jedi or the Force, but they nobody ever does. I don't think they know. To be honest, I feel like Hule's the only now, one. Somebody who says knows. I know what this is or something like uh, that. Yeah, I think I think Hule's like I've heard rumors of this, much like he's heard rumors of Mandalorians, of course, before he meets one. I think he has yeah. a a rough idea, but I don't think anyone else has any clue what the Force is. Or a Jedi. Which is which is still crazy when you think about it. Um I, I mean, no. Considering it's how one long, of those, well, I guess it's a Star Wars thing. Um yeah. twenty nearly twenty years, eighteen years I think it is, between episodes three and four yeah. or something like that. Right? Something along those lines. Twenty two years? I don't know. Um no, it's definitely 18, but wh- whatever. Um, the thing is that to, in Star Wars lore, you kind of just have to accept that the galaxy is so big that these people living out on butt, butt, butt fuck planets who have never seen the Jedi in their lifetime and their parents never saw a Jedi in their lifetime either and their grandparents never saw a Jedi, why would they know, you know? Like, mm. it's, it's not only that they've disappeared from the galaxy, it's that there was like a thousand Jedi when the prequels were on and there's going to be so many planets that never saw one in their entire lifetimes, you know? So uh, that's that's the important thing to remember whenever this stuff happens. Um, either way, he heals him up. Grief gets healed up. And then they cut to morning and Grief is approaching this cliff, um, getting close to the city. And he starts talk- talking about, oh, we'll go down here, do this plan, blah, 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 blah. He quickly turns around, spins around, and looks like he's going to shoot Mando and Kara, but he actually shoots his two goons who were behind them who were approaching with their hands on their blasters ready to kill <gasps> Mando. Shock and horror. Who saw this coming? He then explains that the plan was originally to kill Mando and take the child, but after what Yeetle did, he's had a change of heart. Good old grief cargo having a change of heart and becoming the better person. Good on you, you know? Um, it, it's like... <laughs> I can't say that. No, that's, that's too big of a spoiler, but there's a joke there. <laughs> there's a very good joke there about, you know, being healed, changing the way you feel about something. Uh, so they then form a new plan. So grief is going to bring Kara in, pretending that she's a bounty hunter who's caught Mando. So the three of them are going to go in that way. Kula is going to take Yeetal back to the ship and lock him up tight. And they're going to bring the egg uh, as a, like, Yeetal's in there, but he's asleep. That's all, you know, cool. And then... Along the way, when they get in, Mando's supposed to take the first chance he can to kill the client, and Grief keeps being like, oh, there's only a couple guards. There's only, like, you know, four, four. six. Definitely only four. Definitely only four guards in the entire time. Uh, we soon find out that's not true, though, because as, as, po- <clears throat> as soon as they approach the arch to the city, they're checked over by these scout troopers who are sitting up against their bikes, and straight away we can, we can tell that the city looks completely different to last time I was here, where there was just people everywhere which apparently are all yeah. bounty hunters and now there's just stormtroopers everywhere uh, of different variations and types just chilling the, the entire yeah. city has just been tell you what if the empire was over the first thing i would put in imp- implementation implement if i was a stormtrooper no more helmets that doesn't seem very i know cool. <laughs> it's weird because you'd think that but it's like they all have some sort of like attachment to it unless they're all clones and they're all like this is who I am. Now they they done um in the Poe Dameron comic, one of his main villains for a period of that 
was an ex imperial and he didn't wear a he didn't wear any armor or anything but he used to be a stormtrooper but it actually gets to a stage this i'm spoiling some of the podamer comic by the way if you want to skip ahead like 10 seconds someone but it gets to a stage in that comic where that villain manages to find his old uh tie fighter or something like that and he manages to get uh his armor back and then from that stage on he's really happy and he starts wearing it all again because it's kind of like his uniform and he likes wearing it as like a like it to him it's like wearing it is showing his support towards his pride the true that. emperor and like the, the true yeah. empire and he's very much like the first order is a means to an end but he wants to bring the, the empire back and the uh he doesn't yeah. that's what should be reigning not this first order bullshit so yeah, that makes sense yeah that's the theme of jojo rabbit in theaters box <laughs> <laughs> um they do some interesting uh really cool stories of characters and spin-off star wars material and yeah, they're really good and you should read them. Um, yeah, they definitely relate to everything <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> they're really good stories either way. <laughs> uh, so they approach and they, um, the guards check them over. They ask for a code of some sort. I don't, I, I couldn't figure out what he actually said was the confusing part. They get asked for a chain code or something, I think, which I was like, okay, I guess it's like a security measure to get in or something. Um, they then offer 20, 20 credits to grief for the Mando's helmet. And then he's like, no, no, I'm going to hang that up in my house or whatever. And Mando's like, fuck out of here. <laughs> don't, don't even joke about that shit. Uh, so then they head through the city and straight away, Kara and Mando are like, you said there was going to be like four guards. And he's like, yeah, like grief's grief says, yeah, in there, but you know, outside the city thousands, it's fine. We'll escape it with our lives. <laughs> It'll be perfectly mm. okay. Um, so then they, Head inside to where the client is. Um, and in between this, we see it's cutting back to the Kuehl, who's racing as fast as he can atop his, the one remaining blurg with Yeetil in his arms towards the ship. Um, Mando and everyone enters the room with the client. Um, what, they then sit down and they have a conversation where uh, they get some of the best dialogue. There's one part... I, can't, I should have wrote it down. There's the one part that stands out from the episode, but he's like to grief where he says can i offer you a constituary for our lot the end of our story or something like that it was like some really upper class sounding you know like made the client sound like he's of posher like where he used to live i guess you know what i mean like it, just the way he speaks makes him sound like he's of a higher class and this is and he's hiding yeah. out on this bat fuck planet and whatever else but then he also sits down and he asks he says to the our mandalore he says, Mandalorian, sorry. He says, why did Mandalore resist our expansion? The Empire improves everything it touches. Um, and then you get the line up scene from the trailer. And it's like, if you look outside, is the world more peaceful since the revolution? All this stuff. Uh, Werner Herzog, once again, all his delivery on this, in this scene is glorious, Pretty I great. think. He, he just del delivers line with such a oomph and like gravity to it. And that's why he works so well as his character, I guess. Um, rest in peace in the moment, of course. So then <laughs> he asks to see... <laughs> Yeetle, um, grief or whoever says that, oh, he's sleeping, can't see him yet. And then he's like, no, I need to see him. And they're kind of like getting a bit antsy. But luckily for them, right as they're thinking about, I guess, quickly get into a bit of a fight here. Uh, uh, ring, the phone rings, I guess. <laughs> like is the, the phone rings in the background and uh, the client goes over to take a call. You hear him say, yes, Moth Gideon, uh, Moth Gideon, sorry. And we see the little hologram of uh, Giancarlo Esposito there, of course, 
who asks, have we got the, the child yet? And the client says, yes, he's just uh, sleeping yet. I was about to check on him or something along those lines. And then Moff Gideon says, you might want to double check again. And then we hear shots ring out from outside and the entire front of, or behind the bar, I guess is where it is because they're having this conversation over a bar area of the room. And that entire part just gets shot to shit. And it's caused by these eight or so death troopers that are standing outside who prove that they are <laughs> the troopers who actually hit the shots they take and they not only kill the client but some of all the stormtroopers that are inside the room as well and um, shoot the place to absolute crap and Mando and everyone of course runs to cover and straight away Mando starts calling Kuehl and asking him to hurry back to the ship because they've been stuck down uh, it turns out that by, the scout troopers pick up this cold though, so they head off to find him straight away. And you're like, oh no, what's going to happen here? Uh, and then as they're all looking out, stuff turns to shit from like bad to <laughs> terrible pretty fast as a transport thing rolls up and then like a battalion of stormtroopers starts lining up outside the, uh, uh, behind the, the death troopers as well. I would say like 30-ish, 30, 40-ish probably freaking stormtroopers there like a ridiculous amount really and then out of the air comes a tie fighter and it lands and then out comes moff gideon finally this entire show after watching the trailers of course you're like when's moff gideon they always said he was like the main bad guy when he's gonna turn up when's he gonna turn up (laughs) penultimate episode he turns up here we are so he walks out and he gets in front of all the stormtroopers and he says you have something i want you may think you have some idea what you're in possession of, but you do not. It means more to me than you will ever know. Which I guess implies that he has either history with it or what he needs it for is personally important to him. Like, to a greater yep. means, you know? Or, yeah, w- w- mm. what do you think of that tease of it means a lot to him more than we'll ever know? I mean... I mean, could be tying into <laughs> into somebody who shows up in. Well, no, it could tie into Palpatine being still alive. It's like you think so? Hey, I need this person to be healed. This little creature has a bunch of force energy in it. You just heal the guy. Maybe you can, you know, heal the emperor. Yeah, I mean, possibly. I have a rebuttal, but it's spoilers for the movie, so <laughs> and yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I don't, I don't want to start like, spoiling yeah. the movie on this yet because people might, yeah, might take a week or so to watch Which, it. Yeah, I would. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if that's ac- going to be accurate, but I mean, it's a crazy fan theory. But yeah, I mean, I, th- I, th- <laughs> I've said midichlorians in this, and so I mean, crazy no stif- mention of midichlorians. Spoilers, no mention of midichlorians in Rider Skywalker. Not directly. <laughs> not, not directly. Uh, so out of, yeah, it comes down. So then Kuehl is approaching his ship, uh, or the Razor Crest, not his ship, but approaching the ship. He seems like he's really close. You've got these scout troopers speeding along a bike. You think that Kuehl's probably going to make it. And um, then we, when we come back to the shot, the camera just pans along the ground, shows Yeetor laying there as a bundle, a scout trooper goes past, swoops him up and takes off again, and then the camera goes past and kills laying on the ground, presumably dead. I don't think it's a fake out because I think that would be 
Like, I mean, they could fake it out, but I kind of, I don't like that he's dead, but I feel like at least there's some loss mm. to the whole battle. If no, because I, I don't think any of the yeah. other characters are going to die. Like, I don't think Kara is going to die. So having Kill die is, adds an emotional element to it, especially when a lot yeah. of these previous episodes have been like I the mean, Mandalorians, like starting to care and have friends and like, you know, like be someone who actually cares about things. Yeah. And then he could have more to this battle that's coming where it's like, you killed my fucking friend, that sort of thing. So, I mean, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't really care. I was more concerned about Yiddle. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't want to kill the die either though. He's a cool character. I've spoken classic, yeah. classic line. <laughs> I don't know who asked me, but do you think it was IG-11? Nah. I think no. that would be silly. What I, I, I'm like, uh, if yeah. IG-11 killed him, so in in that scenario, IG-11 comes out of the sh- ship, shoots him, the scout troopers are like, thanks, mate, take off. No. Like, it was trying to kill Baby Yoda. It was why? trying to kill Yido, missed, because that's its nature. Uh no, nah, because I think that would be a shitty way to take it. Like, oh, yeah, you are would. what you always are, what you're programmed to be. That'd be boring. Yeah. I don't want that. Uh, but what, yeah, I mean, that's the episode. And the reason I'm like, think it's good, but not super eventful, I guess, is because it's a lot of just moving chess pieces into place for the season finale, you know? But what what do you think is going to happen on the season finale then? What, where, where do you think we're going with this battle? I can straight away tell you one thing. We're going to see Moff Gideon get in his TIE fighter and the Mando's going to fucking <laughs> get a jetpack somehow and land on top of it because that shit's in the trailer. <laughs> yeah, they probably, they're probably they going to get you and they're going to get it back. You would assume. Yeah. We're going to get back. I, I mean, would... IG-11's probably going to come and help them. Yeah, it's gonna I, fly the. I don't know how helpful is IG Eleven gonna be. I think in helpful. my mind he would fl- get in the ship, fly it back to them, and then you know things will happen. But that seems unlikely given that they said he hasn't been programmed for that to fly a ship. But he's proven to be learning and adapting to scenarios and things. I guess. Yeah, he needs to learn how to fly a complicated <laughs> ship. Yeah, well, he just does it. I, I think IG-11 comes in and saves the day. And I think that's I think that's important. I think that works for a lot of reasons. Obviously, it would be cool to see him fly in. Or even if he doesn't fly in, just walk in and just start, like, just destroying troopers, right? Spinning around doing the cool IG-11 shit that we saw from the first episode. That will make people happy. I think that would be cool. But I think yeah. it's also important to Mando as a character because he would then be getting saved by a droid, which would move his character past yeah. the point of being hung up on, old droids are bad, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. it works. And then he'll like kill IG-11. Mm, no. <laughs> No, 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 no. So then I would presume that they get saved. Uh, Gideon jumps into his ship and begins to get ta- taken off or whatever. I would presume the other Mandalorian show up at some stage here fast. Because if the Mando has a jetpack, which he doesn't, like he has that in the trailer in that shot, he doesn't currently have a jetpack. So one of the other Mandalorians has to give him a jetpack. Maybe he breaks into the deserted um, sanctuary and finds there one. There's going to be one jetpack left. I mean, I'd believe yeah. it. I'd be okay. Like they left one jetpack, whatever. Um, so yeah, maybe. I mean, he does that's that. where they could go. They could be like be get, being hunted in that town. Uh, I, but I'm presuming they left straight after episode three because they said they had to relocate. This no, is the no, way. no, they go. They go to the sanctuary as like a hiding place because all the stormtroopers are trying to get them. Oh yeah, that could make sense. Yeah, that could yeah. work. So IG Eleven buys them enough time to 
escape get away and to get to get away for a moment yeah and then they head to the sanctuary uh hide out mando yeah. mando does some upgrades potentially with the upgrade maybe something else they all regroup form later plan then he chases after moff gideon whatever else i presume that, that a lot of the episode is going to be uh action set piece especially if he's going to be flying around the air chasing after gideon and these sorts of yeah. things but how it ends I'm going to say it ends with them not having Yeetle because that's a cliffhanger like to pull you along for the second season, obviously. Yeah. Or, or if they do, there's I mean, a reveal of what I think Gideon the obvious ending is whoever was at the end of episode. Yeah, which I'm still presuming it's Moff Gideon. So. Whoever that is. No. Well, assuming it's not Moff Gideon, mm. they show up at the end of the episode and they take Yeetle. Let me pitch you something else I just thought of. This episode, we literally saw Mando collect all his group of good guys together for a battle. What if Gideon was collecting all of people that hate the Mando? So he gets he gets her, which we saw. Um, I can't remember her name, sorry. Um, he gets the people that he locked up in the prison ship. He gets some of the remainders of the mercenaries from the planet. Does it full no? No, I don't think so. That seems like too much. That does sound ridiculous, but I you're mean, laughing now. I don't think Gideon does. Maybe the other person. If it's somebody else. Which I assume it is somebody else. So another enemy for the Mando. Yeah. Boba Fett. <laughs> I mean, maybe, but it seems unlikely. Why would Boba it- Fett want the I have no idea. The it would be ridiculous. Child, I, I, yeah. I don't think it's going to be someone else simply because... Unless he needs the child to heal the, heal the Sarlacc pit. No, that would be fucking stupid. They, I, I, I don't <laughs> like think... I feel bad another, for just killing it. I don't think another enemy is going to be introduced solely because we've literally just been introduced to our proper bad guy. Because, of course, throughout the whole show, you're like, client, the client, the client. The client, yeah. it, it turns out, of course, was just the between man. Bet- like... He was doing the job, but Moff Gideon was always the one pulling the strings of this whole thing. So Moff Gideon's the bad guy of the show. We've only just met him. I think it would be silly for him not to be in season two as the main villain. But then it's like, what is the pulling along factor, I guess, for that? It's like, I guess if Mando and Tara escape, then season two could potentially be about them just on the run again. But I don't know if that would please a lot of people is season two's a lot of what episodes four, five, and six were, but with them, with Kara helping do jobs as well. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like I, I feel like maybe by the end of next week's episode, they'll actually finally set up more of a like, Yeetle is wanted for this reason. Uh, and Mando is trying to find his home or a safe place to finally deliver him to, I guess would be a better yep. directory for the series. Like instead of just giving in to having him, on the ship 24-7, like, trying to find an actual safe haven for him. Because I, I, I presume, like, by the end of next week's episode, the whole, all the bounty hunters after him shit will be over, finally. It'll just be the empires chasing after him, but whatever, I guess. Moff Gideon chafing after him, yeah. so. Yeah. Uh, any other thoughts? Uh, I would like Taika Waititi to show up as a, a version of the Emperor that only Moff Gideon sees as his imaginary friend. Oh Thank you. God. I just remembered uh, when you said Taika Waititi. Of course, next week's episode. Directed, directed by Taika Waititi. Yeah, that's Waititi why the joke works. 
Oh, dear. Uh, Jojo right. Rabbit coming out Boxing Day. <laughs> Fuck you, <laughs> Also, yeah. Uh, yeah. the director of this episode. Deborah Chow. Uh, Deborah Chow. Great episode. Yeah. And, uh, same as like the her third episode. Very action-packed, which good signs for the Kenobi series, you would think. Yeah, yeah. I, I have nothing but faith. I think she's very much proven herself very fast. So, yeah. Yeah. That was other, the other thing um, in that interview from the red carpet is like, they it was like, they got asked, uh, oh, oh, yeah, past like directing stuff has mostly been like in the fantasy or sci-fi genres. Like, was that on purpose? And she's like, yeah. Like, she's like, I, I like this stuff and I was hoping one day to get to a big series like Star Wars or something. So, pays off, I guess. Uh, all right. Thank you for joining us on The Mandalorians. Of course, you can find the show over at ExplosionNetwork.com, YouTube.com, slash ExplosionNetwork for the video version and all good podcasting services, including Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever the hell you want to work listen on uh you can also find a star wars podcast of course all around explosion last episode's up now three and a half hour episode discussing spoilers extravaganza extravaganza all about the rise of skywalker go listen to that if you want to hear our thoughts in full we've kind of been hinting at how we feel but go listen to it anyway i think we're fair i don't think we're mean no i think it's fun i think it's yeah it's it's perfect uh some good jokes (laughs) yeah great jokes uh, you can follow me. Uh, you can follow Explosion Network on Twitter at Explosion Pod. Follow me on Twitter at Viva Ladil, V I V A L A D I L. Follow Ash on Twitter at Ashley Hobby, Ashley And until next week, the finale, we have spoken. 